good time of the day and welcome to another episode of And When I Say I Mean, I'm your co-host Austin. And I am your other co-host Adrian. It, it took you long enough to figure that out. Um, <laughs> you, Should uh, we restart? Uh, no, let's roll with it. Um, I'm feeling casual today. I'm sitting on a couch. I'm wearing glasses. Uh, it's a good day. Okay, sounds good. We it's so casual. We don't even care about lag issues. No. Uh, how, how are you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, do anything fun this week? Um, yeah, it was a pretty good week. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, let's see. I can say some things that I did. Go for it. I'll think of what I did. I went to a place called Upper Canada Village. It's in Canada, but not Upper Canada. So that's uh, only a little confusing. It was fall, so they had a a pumpkin festival going on. Mm-hmm. But um, contrary to, to what you would assume from it being a pumpkin festival... There, there were no real pumpkins there. Um, they were all, there might have been like a real pumpkin there, but most of the pumpkins were not real. Um, they were styrofoam. What? They were styrofoam pumpkins that they had carved into different jack o' lanterns, um, jackios, if you will. Uh huh. Um, and so that was that was that was kind of a bummer. I'll I'll be honest because it. <laughs> If you go to a place to see a bunch of jack o' lanterns, mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of takes away from the 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 just wow look at those jack o' lanterns you know if they're not real pumpkins yeah I can see that um if they're if they're styrofoam it would be like if you went to a like an ice sculpture place and they were just plastic mm-hmm. and and not not really ice sculptures it. I it would be a disappointing be a time. Down. Yeah. Um it was still fun though. Um but that was more that was more a function of the company that I kept. I mean some of it was some of it was cool. There was one thing that was like a magical enchanted forest. Mm-hmm. Uh that that was like a fun light wandering not light but like lights as in the the things that emanate. Okay. Um, kind of light show, but with pumpkins. Nice. Uh, but not real pumpkins. Keep that in mind. So, if you can, if you can, how? So we how, we got there early, the which was maybe pumpkin. a mistake. We didn't find any real pumpkins. Oh, why did you you said earlier there was maybe one or two real pumpkins there? There might have been one or two real pumpkins. Okay. Just That's kidding. just speculation. Yeah. Okay, okay. There was a lot of things that looked like pumpkins. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so one of them might have been no real pumpkin. Totally but true. so if you are going to East Canada Village for pumpkin time, get it okay, get there late enough to not see get there when it's dark so you don't notice that they're not real pumpkins. So the illusion and then, can can continue. and forget forget everything that I've said. 
So welcome to another episode of, and when I say I mean, I'm your co-host Austin. Why are we doing this? Because we're just convincing people that they didn't just listen? Yeah, you're breaking the illusion. Yep, don't look behind the curtain. You can't effectively gaslight people if your co-gaslighter is... What is the... Why don't we even say gaslighting? Like, I was going to ask you what that Where is that means? phrase coming from? I have from? no idea. So gaslighting is like convincing someone that something isn't, or s- something that is true isn't. Okay. Um, so, like, that this podcast hasn't already been going on for four minutes. Uh, manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity is apparently the definition. I'm not sure why that is called gaslighting. I don't know either. Maybe it's like because it's I don't know. I got nothing. Um but so yeah, that was something I did. Nice. I uh Um Yeah, that was about the fun things I did this week. Solid. I made cinnamon rolls, Amelia and I did. Yeah. That was a good time. Were they good? They were very good. Um, we also made uh, a, a caramel sauce to go on them. Mm-hmm. That was also very good. Nice. Um, we might have adult onset diabetes now. Okay. But that's um, TBD. That's that's the risk that you run. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so let's see. Friday, Becca and I had, uh, Indian food, which is good. Some good takeout. Did you have, uh, Lacha Paratha? No, we didn't get Lacha Paracha or whatever you said. I don't think it was on the menu. I did look. Mm. Um, I also got a haircut on Friday. Um, nice. So that was good. Kind of. Who's your barber? Naren. Okay. I don't know. I don't. I know his last name. I don't know how to pronounce it. I can try to look it up. It's like Vinkan Fungovich or something like that. Interesting. That's that's not the correct accent. That you What's want. his um, national and or ethnic background? Um, he is from like the Philippines, I believe, hmm. or Malaysia. I don't. I'm. I'm. Maybe that's bad that I don't know. The I would believe or... Malaysia more than the Philippines because they speak Spanish in the Philippines. Well, okay, just because I said it with a Spanish accent doesn't mean that it actually is meant no, to have a it, Spanish accent. No, that name didn't sound Spanish at all. Fritschitavong, F-R-I-C-H-I-T-T-A-V-O-N-G. Hmm, I have no clue. I just call him Naren. Anyway, okay. he's my barber. Um, so that was Friday, and then Saturday got up and watched some West Ham soccer which was disappointing, again, in classic West Ham fashion. Um, they lost to Everton. Mm. Beck and I went grocery shopping, did some meal prepping. Um, what did we do Saturday afternoon? I don't know what we did. But we had youth group in the evening. Did we you did. floss? I didn't do any flossing. Hmm. No. Um, I did brush my teeth though. Um, see, so yeah, 
had youth group then Sunday, um, watched some football, watched some more kids, watched some VeggieTales, found out that the Bunny song had been the, had its lyrics changed because people wrote in and were upset because they didn't understand that the song was supposed to be bad and then they were supposed to refuse to sing it. So, like, some miscommunication there, but... Wait, what What was the bad parts and what is it now? So, so the version that we know is the edited version, which is, like, the good one. In the, like, original version, it talked about, like, not obeying your parents and, like, not going to church. Oh, yeah. And, like, doing all these things. I don't go to church. I don't go to school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then parents were, like, upset, so they wrote in. He's the villain, the, though. The whole point is that they're not supposed to sing the song because they, like, those things are bad, right? And so that's, like, that was the whole point. But then their parents were, like, now these kids are, like, having a song sung to them about not obeying their parents and not going to church and school. So they changed it. I don't know what pickles. I don't know what honey. I just want something to something a bunny. Yeah. That the, that part's that part's lit. <laughs> the children <laughs> found it very amusing when I was uh doing my version of the bunny song. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they were kind of shocked that I had known the bunny song. But But then but then he, the they undermined that the part at the end cuz he said now I feel sick in the head. From the bunny. Yeah. So it's just listen to the whole song, parents. Right, exactly. Um, But, I mean, I guess if your children are just taking bits and pieces of it and not singing the entire song, you know. Well, go go to the source material. Okay, yeah, this is for children. Anyway, so that was... Um, that was Sunday. And then recently, Becca and I have been watching a show on Netflix called, um, shoot, what's it called now? It's not Micro Hotel, Living with Yourself. It? No. We didn't actually start that. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, anyways, it's like, let me, uh, I can't remember. We literally were just watching this. Tiny town. No, it's not um, tiny town. It's tornado Instant tasties. Hotel. Instant Hotel. Literally, it is... Did they get a new host for the second season? That's really depressing. Okay. Anyways, we've been watching the first season. Basically, it's a bunch of Australian people who they... It's like a reality show based around um, Airbnb. And okay. so literally, there's like five or six couples probably five couples who all have like airbnbs and then they go to each other's airbnb and like stay there for the weekend or whatever and then rate rate their different airbnbs based on like local attractions what the house looks like um how well they slept um things like that i mean there are so many like extenuating circumstances for how well you slept though I know, I know. So, um, it, the Wait, whole point people, is to just like, generate drama. Do people give out their real beds for Airbnb? Because I, I would want, I would want, like, I would want to wheel out a different bed. No, some do. So, like that, people like lost points for that because they were like, "This just feels like your house," or like, "This feels like your parents' house that you're running out on the weekends or whatever." Um, 
so they wanted it to feel more like an actual like guest house, I guess. But anyways, mm. these people are crazy. They like I'm convinced they just like and I'm sure they do this in the same way they like do on Survivor where they like filter in, be like, This person's gonna cause a lot of drama. Let's bring these people in. I'm just like the people they bring mm-hmm. in this are just like trying to stir up stuff. When it's like these <laughs> these other people are just like, Yeah, we're just here on a vacation, just having fun. Um, so it's funny. And they're all Australian, so that just makes adds an extra fun twist to it. Um just that they have a funny accent. Yeah, and like they're just it's all in Australia, so there's like new places to see that I've never been, you know. Um, mm. So yeah, that's good. So we've been we did that this week. We watched a lot of that this week. Um so yeah. Been a pretty chill week this week, but it's been good. Nice. Um so Adrian, I have a question. Yes. Uh, would you say that you watch more or less sports now than you did seven years ago? Um, do you mean just like types of sports, quantity of hours watched? Both. Or either. I would say I watch the same or more amount of sports. Okay. Uh, I watch far less sports than I did seven years ago. Uh-huh. Um, okay, maybe eight years ago. Whenever I was at home last. Um, and so I was wondering, why do you watch the same amount, if not more, sports? Mm-hmm. Um. I think the reason is... is I can tell I... you why I watch less, but... I think the reason is because uh, I think uh, anyways, I think it's probably multiple reasons. If you're looking for us, looking at the two of us, I think I just generally like to watch sports more than you do. But I also live with people who also like to watch sports. So Mm -hmm. not only do I watch sports that I like, but I like watch additional sports that I wouldn't normally watch um, Mm -hmm. just on my own. But that's yeah, more so, for, like, the community aspect of it. I think probably the drive, biggest driving factor for me is that I don't live in a house where sports are on. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't have a TV. But I also, like, um, I never really watched sports. While we were watching sports, I would always be sitting, facing away from the TV, reading a book. Um so, you know, I, I was never really that avid of a sports watcher. But, right. like, now if, if, I, if I were to think about watching a football game, mm-hmm. I, would, I would feel like, wow, what am I doing spending however much time watching this football game? I, I would feel like I had made, like, no I – I would have achieved nothing in watching this football game. And so – why enjoyment i don't know i i hardly ever do anything else while i'm watching football unless it's like talking to other people hmm it's great. i don't i don't know it's it, it just seems so like and maybe this is like on me that i feel like i always have to be achieving something even in my uh ostensibly free time 
Yeah. That I I can't even contemplate. Like it 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 would feel like I like I watched the Super Bowl, I guess, but the Super Bowl feels like a social achievement, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and like most often, I'm watching sports with other people. It's very rare that I'm not wa- like I'm just watching sports by myself. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it's still like there's like a social aspect to it. But like, it, do you talk to people while you're watching sports with them? Yeah. Hmm. Usually, about I don't know. Sports, I just, but sometimes about life. I feel like I just would. I, I I should I should be doing other things rather than watching sports. I mean, I think that's fair. I think you can have different preferences on how you choose to spend your free time. So how do you feel like you're you're achieving nothing? How do you avoid a f- of feeling like you're achieving nothing in watching sports? I think this gets back to a whole nother, like, somewhat what we talked about previously about how, like, I'm never concerned about achieving things. So, like, that, like, <laughs> that thought almost never crosses my mind. Um, and so, mm-hmm. like, to me, to me, it's like the opposite effect, right? Like, and again, not saying it's a better thing, right? But if, like, the driving force for me is, like, spending time with people and engaging with that, then, like, to me, when I'm spent, when I'm by myself doing something, I'm just like, wow, this feels like a waste because I'm not with other people. That's obviously not true, but that's just how it feels. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is something I found out this week that's completely unrelated. This this is going to derail things, but that's fine because we'll hop back on the rails later. Are you familiar with the uh, the Aloha form of – or the Aloha form of Golem, the, the Pokemon? The Aloha form of Golem? I think you may have asked me about this. I think this. it's a Lowen. A Lowen? A Lowen yeah. form of Golem. Does it have like a tree coming out of its back or something? Uh, it's got like a giant spiky thing coming out of its back. No, I have not seen this. Why does he have okay. a mustache? And and a big... Uh, it's either chest hair or a, a weird a beard. beard. Um, but yes, yeah, so speaking of not achieving anything... I got a golem in Pokemon Go mm-hmm. this week, and check it out. It's got a sick, like, railgun cannon coming out of the top of its head. I see that. Uh, it, so it's like, it's like a really fancy roller coaster, you know, those ones that use magnetic uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. fields to get them up to high speeds. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's getting us back on the rails, so... Uh, I, I frequent the, the podcast, the argument Mm -hmm. from the New York times and they did something, uh, two weeks ago now where they were talking about how their views about things have changed. Um, they were talking about political views because that's, you know, the nature of their show. But I was wondering if, if you had any political or social or scientific or um i don't know regional sports views that have changed in recent years that's that's very 
broad. Yeah. Um, I don't think that I have had any regional sports things change. You know a lot more about Tom Brady now. Uh, I mean, but, like, that's just, like, the occupational hazard of living in New England. Like, you have to end up somehow finding out what his favorite ice cream is. It's avocado. Right. So, like, that's not even just New England exclusive. Well, guess who I learned that from? Who? It was you. Okay. Um, (laughs) But, no, I don't – just because I may know a couple fun facts about Tom Brady doesn't mean that my, like, affiliation has changed at all. Um, Mm. I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, I mean, I think, like, all of – like, you could say that all of those things have changed. Do you you want, like, specific things? I don't really know if I can think of, like, specific things. I think, like – I don't know. I'm going to be broad um, first, I guess. Um, But I feel like in a lot of ways that um, in the last few years, I feel like I have my views have been changed more away from like this is like this is how I was raised or this is how what I've always believed into like changing it to more of like okay what what do i actually believe mm-hmm. um, if that makes sense and i think that recently that's more of been like i would say my views have been changed trying to look at like okay what what are things that i do or b- obvious and by the way I, i'm gonna say this but to preface that i'm gonna say that i have by no means feel like i'm in like have made it there i'm still like i feel like i'm still growing obviously but like what how do i how do my views on things change in order to like bring god glory rather than or like this is what glorifies god rather than this is what i've always done or this is you know how i was raised or whatever not again nothing against those things but just like viewing those things through that lens of like what brings glory to God and what, like, honors Him? Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I think in a in like a very broad way, my views about like what the goal of life is have changed a lot mm-hmm. um, in the last couple years um so i was reading an article today um on vox which i was surprised that they were talking about it but it was it was called like the death of no the trap of meritocracy um and they were talking about some book that a, a person has written they were saying that um that the the rampant inequality that we see is not due to failed meritocracy, but uh, because of the that's that's something inherent to meritocracy. So, I I as is maybe clear from the reason I don't watch sports, mm-hmm. um, achieving things has always been a, a very driving force in my life, like. Uh, 
the reason that I didn't have um, pictures on Facebook or I I just found out recently that uh, I had limited my sharing on Facebook to just my immediate family. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I found that out when I tried to post some things, so that was uh, that was fun. But um, b- because I didn't want my my future employers to see my Facebook page and then thus ruin my entire future uh, because of this picture that I had hypothetically on Facebook of mm-hmm. like I would ever do something that was like worthy of not having a job right. and posting that on Facebook in the first place because I, I was very obsessed with um, achieving like the the normal signifiers of success as as I saw them. So like part of the reason that I'm in a PhD program is because I like it's definitely I would be like I would feel bad if I wasn't a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um like I I would definitely have felt like I had failed as a person if uh that was true. So um I think in a, a lot of ways I've mellowed on that and my priorities in in life have shifted from trying to achieve what is what is seen as uh success in life i don't i don't know how true that is but i that is what i i don't know how you know practically true that is but that's something i'm trying to do to to shift from from always uh looking looking forward um and projecting out some achievement in the future and working forever and so what he says for the current elites they're weird in the 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 history of elites mm-hmm. uh because in a in a good aristocracy the aristocrats are the the leisure class they uh work much less than uh the people who are the not elites so he he was saying that the the proportion between how poor you are and how much you work has flipped so it used to be that the poorer you are the more you worked but now it's uh the more money you earn the more you work mm-hmm. um which is like i guess good but i don't like i don't always want to be like competing for my job which i don't consider to be super important like my like when i was in school right school was the all consuming nexus of my being mm-hmm. um but that is definitely not my schooling right now sorry if you know my my advisor is listening to this but i think he knows that um so like the the casualness which i brought to some of my schooling in the last couple of years it was just like shocking to me i would i wouldn't like 
I would go into exams not having studied for them, mm-hmm. which is just like an appalling thing uh, to my past self. Yeah. Why, like I still did fine, but why do you think that this has changed? What what do you think is like caused this shift? And like, um, what do you think is like you had mentioned like changing priorities, I guess. But yeah, I I think well, uh, so I've definitely I've definitely settled more into my faith, and I think my my understanding of the the purpose of of Christianity has changed in some ways. So um probably what's what's the most important verse for me right now is uh John seventeen three where Jesus says and this is uh eternal life um knowing God and his son Jesus Christ which is fun. He's talking in third person there. Um, and so that that really shifts the the perspective of Christianity from from something that is something that is always coming, and something that you're you're striving to achieve to something that is present and. Um, available now mm-hmm. to be experienced and and lived presently um and so like that that's reflected in right like I'm not going to put things on Facebook cuz I might ruin some potential future and in this future I'll have the best job and I'll have all the science and um all the grant money um but i don't like what's what's worth sacrificing for that distant potential future um that's not really a that's more about like career things and not about Christianity but the same kind of things it's not it's not some future reality that um, we're looking for but the right that it's the the kingdom is now among us that the the life of the age to come is available for us in this age and so valuing the present more um And, yeah, so, yeah, I guess it's just, like, a mix of disillusionment and reillusionment. I don't know. That's not a word, but, uh, yeah, it's, I don't want to, I don't want to say that I'm a knight of faith, a la Kierkegaard, but, but kind of that, like, so, the 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 knight of faith in in Kierkegaard's um, way of putting it, like comes to some disillusionment, uh, but takes up the the mantle of 
illusions um, on the strength of the absurd. So that's a Kierkegaard's a weird guy, but and he he says weird things. So I don't know if that makes any sense at all. But it, I wasn't really following, but. It sounds like it makes sense to you. I didn't describe it very well, so <laughs> read, read fear and uh, I don't know if you really should read fear and trembling. I'm probably he's, not going to. Even he's if not a super you, so. coherent writer. Nice. I think. I think for me, it's been like so. Being a part of the church that I'm a part of now, um, they like really strongly emphasize grace in a way that I like, I don't know, in a way that showed me that I was never really full of grace or grace for myself or really even had like a good understanding of God's grace that he has for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think like that's still something that is an ongoing um, thing that I'm growing in, but it, it really kind of shows me the freedom I have um, not only to like that I don't have to do certain things, but also like freedom in who I am in Christ. Um, And so like appreciating those things more um, as well as like, yeah, just being able to like be, I guess more free than to see what are the things of God and of Christ that like I wasn't paying attention to or wasn't emphasizing because I was like striving so much, I guess. So it was like focused more on like how I could be better and wasn't able to see like, okay, you're like, (laughs) because of God's grace, you're already there. So now how can you like now care about the things that God cares about? Um, So again, I think I'm still like growing in that. But I think that's like been a huge thing in my life of like see revealing like ways I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this was a way I was being legalistic or this is a way that I was like holding myself to a standard that I didn't need to because of God's grace. Um, So, yeah, I think that's been the biggest thing that has like the fundamental thing that has changed my views recently. Um is having a better understanding of grace and then that like allowing me to live in the freedom um, that Christ has won for us um, and therefore not only live in who he's made me to be, but also like care about the things that he cares about. Um, So yeah, I think that's been the path that I'm still on. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, where it's kind of changed recently, uh, which has been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that I've changed any local sports um, loyalties. Actually, I I might be more more. Um, I was never really a fan of a football and any particular football team mm-hmm. like I might be like a real Patriots fan but still in a, a, a vague sense 
Um, you know what? Ottawa, though, like on the the Senators, they are my favorite stadium, or they're my favorite arena that I've ever been in. Really? Do they, are was, they still in there? The one that we drove to the parking lot that one time of? No, no, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, the, it was it was unbelievable. Um, I and so like right, we we go to Philly or Washington mm-hmm. for our sports watching things, and so I'm sure that's some of the worst places that you could be, <laughs> especially Philly. Yeah. Uh. And so my my expectations for for people who are at a hockey game are profoundly low. Mm-hmm. Like it it's it seems to me that you go to a hockey game as an excuse to get like just plastered and if you're lucky get in like a a, a quick scuffle uh on 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 the way to your car. Um that that seems to be the goal of a lot of people at hockey games and i'm not even sure if they they know how hockey is played <laughs> i i wonder that sometimes but man let me tell you i was at ottawa mm-hmm. i was in ottawa and people are just like mm, yeah yeah this is good no one is drunk <laughs> these these two people who are sitting behind me one of them is speaking only french the other is speaking only English, but they uh-huh. know the names of the players and they know like hockey terminology, and yeah. so they are having a, just a grand old time talking about this hockey game in French and English, and it was a beautiful moment. Nice. Uh, I no one yelled at the ref, no one booed <laughs> their own team while they were on a power play for passing the puck too much. Uh, it it's. If you can get to a Senators game, do it. Uh, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just like everything that you've heard about Canadians being nice is true. So it's it's pretty remarkable. I believe it. So I I I'm not a I'm not a Senators fan. But I am a fan of their fans. So, shout out to Senators fans. Totally fair. Yeah, I'm, it's going to be hard. I, I don't foresee me ever becoming a Bruins fan. Even if, Good. You know, if I live and die here, I just I just don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I support that. There's just, there's just nothing to like about them. Um Yeah, I've gotten I've gotten a lot more like politically liberal. Yeah. Um though I, I was never I like probably a probably have two, but again I think that still derives from like okay, how can I think about politics more from the position of like what brings what it brings glory and honor to God rather than okay, I say I'm this, so therefore I have to think like this. Yeah, um, more so, like I say I'm a Christian, therefore I care about this. I just thought that, like, as, as I've as I've said, I don't know if on the podcast, but I've said in real life, I was shocked the first time that I learned that someone didn't think Reagan was a good president. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just like a fact set in stone. 
I had no idea that people thought George W. Bush was an idiot. Yeah, a lot of people uh, did actually. Yeah, this is that was news to me recently. Right. So okay, I was reading Kurt Vonnegut, mm-hmm. and he's like the most frightening thing in the world is uh, Yale C major C C average Yale student in reference to George W. Bush, and I'm like, what is he talking about? And then I'm like, wait, Kurt Vonnegut was alive during the Bush administration? I did. So it turns out Kurt Vonnegut was alive during the Bush administration, and he thought Bush was an idiot. And I was like, oh, Kurt Vonnegut, you sweet summer child. Um, But anyway... So, yeah, I just didn't... I, I didn't know that, like... People were Democrats. So... That's been fun, um, but yeah, I was never, I was never like firmly a Republican. My my first political party that I really loved was the Meritocracy Party uh-huh. of Great Britain, uh, which I have now disavowed. Um, I don't know. I think I think some of their their stances aren't bad. Um, like I do think that we should have massive estate taxes like as progressive massive estate taxes because like there's no reason the walmart heirs should be like the wealthiest people in the world in my humble opinion um mm-hmm. so i uh, yeah i was always and i i'm you know i'm not like a super great democrat though officially i am a democrat now because i had because the primaries are closed in Pennsylvania, of which I am still a resident, uh, officially. <laughs> uh, so I had to switch parties to to be able to, or switch affiliations uh, uh-huh. to be able to to vote in the primary. But well, that's not too difficult. Uh, my my political views are mostly just like either very moderate or very extreme, uh, and so that. That makes it hard to to fit into, you know, parties. I think that is the problem with the two-party system, but that's – anyways. That's it's like a, par- it's a problem. Or one that we've already done, so go back and listen to that one. Um, yeah, what else has changed? I I read a, a lot less fantasy books now than I have probably at any other point in my life. Um mm-hmm. And so that's that's mostly out of a a realization that lots of fantasy books are poor. Uh so <laughs> that the they're they're not they're not very well written. Um the they're they're very like derivative of other fantasy works. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're there's there's too much going on without any of it being interesting. This yeah, not all fantasy books are like this, but there's it's it's harder to find good fantasy books than I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's easy to find lots of good other books um, because people put them in lists. Um, 
of books that are like, you know, good 50, 100 years old, even older, that people are like, no, these are still good. And so they're they're largely right. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. Mm-hmm. But that has like super changed my tastes in in books too. And so like yeah, I I'm more opposed to plots than I've ever been in my life. Um You're you're very opposed to plots at this point yeah, in your life. Yeah. Um because I, I think people people give them more importance than they're due. Um, like, plots are important, but they're not, like, necessarily more important than other aspects of fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in, in my reaction against people thinking that plots are too important, I've become very anti-plot. Um. Hmm, what else? I don't know. I uh, I'm on my phone more, but that's more of like the nature of having a phone. Yeah, I was gonna say that I have less interactions with video games because mm. I'm no longer just like. Not that I played a lot of video games, but I would just watch you guys play a lot of video games. Yeah. And so like. In the sense that, like, you don't watch any sports anymore. I do not, like... I guess that's not entirely true. But I would say it has gone down. Or at least the diversity of video games that I interact with has gone down at this point in my life. I I see almost no video games at all. Even video games that I love. Zach sent me a Snapchat that's like, Dude, someone checked out a... <laughs> Someone grew a winter yam in this in the submarine. Apparently, that's really hard. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so apparently, there's a submarine now in it's in Stardew Valley. Yeah, yeah. And I I just have I have no idea what's going on in Stardew. Um, I like saw the Untitled Goose game and I was like, eh, that'd be interesting to check out, but it's only for Switch and I don't have a Switch, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. I will say the Switch has been, like, maybe the only console ever I have, like, thought about getting. Yeah. Um, But that didn't happen, so. Yeah. What about when the new Animal Crossing comes out? That will be a real temptation um, because I do love me some Animal Crossing. Hmm. But, yeah, um... I do also think I'm a wizard now, uh, so that's new. I mean, new is in the past, like, few years. Yeah, right. Also, right, you so, saying that you're a wizard sounds really weird unless you understand what you're talking about. So, yeah, there's a there's a podcast about that. Um, but in, in short, um, oh, okay, so I was reading a... It was like a tract against Dungeons and Dragons yesterday. Okay. Um, and the tract said, what's the danger of role-playing? It said, we are what we think. Which I'm like, that seems to be like the most troubling statement in this whole pamphlet. 
But anyway, so if if people if people believe that they are what they think, like I can say anything and change what people think, or like if if uh, so people th- talk about consciousness as being a, a hallucination of the brain uh, that it generates. Um, and, and that reality is our agreed collective hallucinations. Um, so, you know, if, if our, if reality is defined by our sensations of it or our perceptions of it, mm-hmm. I can, I can change those perceptions with my words, for example. Um, and so then I, I change real reality with my words um and so i i i think that is kind of the definition of a wizard i don't know if that's true or not but so if if people believe that about the world it, to me it seems like then i become a wizard um so i i'm going to i'm going to claim that mantle i i don't believe that so i Go for it. i don't i don't think other people are wizards, but if other people are going to consider me a wizard, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take up that mantle. Okay. That's fair. I, I don't think that I'm going to consider myself a wizard. It's, it's, it's interesting I, though. If it is he, interesting, but I feel like it's not helpful. Like if they're wrong, then we should like. Not just that's, embrace well, no, it. That's, we should just that's say kind of, like, hey. No, that's kind of the point of of claiming that you're the wizard, though. It's it's to it's to nudge at the the absurdity of the claim. Yeah, but they might just agree with you and just be like, yeah, if you want to think about it, like we're wizards, then yeah, go for it. But that's that in itself is like fascinating, and how how do you convince someone then? I have no idea, but I don't. Th- I don't think that like. I don't know. I don't. I'm not gonna say that I claim to be a wizard. I don't think that's helpful. Well, I've had a lot of fun with it. That's fair. I have no doubt that you have. <laughs> um, but anyway, but should we get to some recommendations? Yeah, this has been a long rambling podcast. It is. Thank you for. I don't. You know what? Indulging if you made us it this far. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm I'm nervous about going back and editing this. That it's just going to be a jumbled mess of terrible. It is a jumbled we'll mess. See. I think we said some interesting things, in yeah, around like the thirty minute mark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So my recommendation for this week is actually saved from last week, and now I'm glad that I did because it it is a it feels like it fits with this idea of like ideas changing a little bit or like mm-hmm. y- your view on things changing. Have you listened to the Avett Brothers' new album? Uh, is there a newer one than True Sadness? Yeah. Um, it just came out like a um a couple weeks ago. So no. Um, what's it called? This is embarrassing. Um. But anyways, let me – basically, it's them kind of uh, closer – no, yeah, closer than together um, is their new album. Okay. 
and it has just a lot of you should listen to it and read about it okay um, because it it's kind of like a political commentary um it, but it's it's less about that and more like i hear it more of like kind of what we're talking about is like this is how like i grew up this way but now i'm realizing that maybe that's not great um so i think my favorite song on the album is we americans which is kind of just like a great like somber song of like remorse and repentance Hmm. and like asking for forgiveness but then like also like calling on hope for the future um and saying like yeah we messed up and like there's a lot of bad things and we need to own that but like (laughs) that doesn't mean we need to give up or not try to like reconcile this or like and like grow um so yeah, it's just it's it's a it's an interesting album. At the first listen through, I was like, "Hmm, this is like is this too political?" But then I listened to it again and I'm like, "No, like it's not because it's and maybe I could just relate to it in some ways, but it's like here it just feels like here are their thoughts and like how they have like grown and changed and now how they see the world compared to maybe how they used to or how the culture around them does. Um, but I think it's good. Um, and like, so yeah, politicalness is kind of, uh, at the heart of a lot of folk, folkish music. This feels much more on the nose Mm. though, if that makes sense. Um, but in a good way, I will say I, I have enjoyed my growing up. Mm hmm. Largely. Uh, so, no offense, parents. Right, and I, d- and I don't, <laughs> I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm either. just, I'm just, uh, um, preemptively striking. That's totally fair. I don't think that, like, yeah, no, I have no regrets for how I was raised. Um, but I, th- I think we all grow. Mm-hmm. I think that our parents would say that they have yeah. grown from the way that they were yeah. raised. So I think that's, um, but yeah, I don't want to put words in their mouths. Um, my recommendation is so yeah, that's my recommendation. Different. Closer than it together. It is uh, the wow. Four Quartets by T. S. Eliot. Uh, T. S. Eliot's a poet. Uh, the Four Quartets is kind of like his follow-up to the Wasteland, if you're familiar with that. Um, but I I think that the I found it weirdly close to some things that I had just written and I I I hope that people aren't don't take that as me comparing myself in quality to T.S. Eliot but in in themes and he's he's very anglican and I think we view church um, in a lot of the same ways. And so it was, I I really enjoyed it. I'll, I'll, I, got, I just got it today, so I'll have to read it again tomorrow. It's only like 40 pages long. Um, but it's a collection of poems, and uh, 
he he is very much a modernist, so it is it is weird. Uh, but that you know that's modernism. Uh, but I like it a lot, and so it it reflects a lot of what I was trying to say earlier about um, looking at the the present and valuing that. Um, so yeah, it was it was good, and uh, I'm looking forward to to revisiting it personally. So that's uh, the Four nice. Quartets by T. S. Eliot. Nice. Thanks for joining us. Hope you all have a yeah. have a great week, and we'll yes see you next week. Mm-hmm.